Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Good evening, everyone. And it, uh, it has been good so far. At least here in the studio, the presence of God is so thick. I was personally just getting uh, rocked. Uh, during that worship time, and I and I know um, that you were at home too. I could just I could just feel it. It was it was that strong. It was beautiful. You know, <clears throat> I love Jesus. You love Jesus, and uh, I like just being overwhelmed with the goodness of God and just remembering all the amazing things that He's done. Uh, just how amazing he is, all that he's doing on the planet. You know, that's the power of the testimony, uh, just to, to stir up that, that faith in us and that recognition that what God has done once, that he's willing and able with anticipation to do again. And, um, you know, just this week I was, you know, the Facebook memories that will pop up, and I saw a friend's Facebook memory that, uh, that he shared. It was from from several years ago, but it was a uh, it was a, a tent meeting that we did in uh, Salinas, California, and it was on the property of a church. But summertime, and they set up a set up a big tent in the on the property, and we did this this regional revival meetings, and some crazy stuff happened. Like, I I I like it when the love of God it breaks the realms of impossibilities. Like I don't, I don't want to just love a, uh, to love a God who's who is stuck within our realm of possibility. That's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that you serve. God's love breaks the realm of impossibilities, and He did some wild things this weekend during this camp meeting. Um, one of them, right as I was declaring, "Pour it out, God." Uh, I made that that statement, and the summer day, all of a sudden, this torrential downpour hits the tent where we're meeting. I mean, torrential downpour, but the crazy thing is it was only raining on the tent. The grass outside and the parking lot were still completely dry. It just downpoured for about five minutes, and then as soon as it, it's like you turn the tap on, downpour, turn the tap off, and just done. It was a, it was a wild moment. Um, but my friend in this post was referencing how uh, he showed up halfway through the weekend uh, to, to be on the ministry team with us. But he wasn't there the, the, the first day and a half. And, and when he arrives, he walks in, and a lady walks up to him and says, Thank you for ministering to me last night. The word that you gave me and the encouragement you gave me, and you prophesied, uh, how you prophesied over me that I carry this healing anointing. She said, I went home and I prayed for my roommate who's been chronically ill, and my roommate was instantly healed. Now, here's the, here's the wild thing. He said to her, he said, that's an amazing story, but I wasn't here last night. I just, I just arrived, got out of my car in the parking lot, and walked in. She said, oh, no, that was you last night. You were in the same hat. Same mustache, that was you, this is the word that you gave me, and she refused to believe that he wasn't there last night. Now, if that was just an isolated incident, that'd be amazing, but that happened six times that weekend, that people had conversations with people who weren't there, who weren't there uh, at, on the property, and uh, God's angelic was just moving. We literally had someone get out of a wheelchair that weekend. We had someone's blind eyes open up that weekend. We had deaf ears open up that weekend. I mean, 
it's an exciting time to be alive, and it's in an, an exciting God that we serve. And I just want to encourage us. I mean, worship just was ushering us in to the presence of God. I want to encourage us just to jump farther in to the arms of God tonight. I believe that there is literally an invitation tonight for us to jump further into his arms. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to talk to you about the fact that God's arms are still wide open. And I was actually stirred to share this this message tonight because uh, me, in my personal life, you know, we are, we are living in an unprecedented season. And there's a lot going on for all of us. A lot of changes. Uh, uh, life is pulling on us in a lot of uh, unforeseen ways right now. And <clears throat> pastoring a church in this season has its unique challenges. And, and uh, so I've been, I've been spending a lot of time in, in prayer with God, but I found myself recently dry. And I found myself more irritable than normal. And, and I was like, what's going on, God? And in, in my pondering, my process, and I actually had some, had some alone time with God, and I broke through this place, and I broke into a familiar place. And this familiar place was the intimacy of God. And it was intimacy with God. And in that moment, it's like, it's like seeing a long-lost friend. It's like, it's like coming home again after you've been away for an extended period of time. It's something so familiar and inviting and comforting and wonderful. And I realized in that moment when I broke into this place of intimacy, I went, <gasps> it was like a breath of fresh air. Oh, God, this is what I've been missing. And I had to ponder for a moment because I was like, I've been spending time in prayer. But I realized, oh, I've been so busy with praying about all the concerns and the needs and the what do we do with this and how do we manage that and and just protection over this person and just praying all the needs I realized that all this time I had been coming to his feet but not to his arms and something broke over over my myself over my season when I fell into his arms again I was like oh daddy you're not calling me just to bring my prayer needs. You're just calling me to bring my life, to bring my heart. And I was reminded the greatest call is just to be with him because we want to be with him and allow him to be with us because he wants to be with us. And so off of that is what I want to share with you tonight. And that's the realization that the Father's arms are still wide open. And even though I had got off, off center a little bit, he wasn't, he wasn't frustrated with me. He was there leaning in with arms open, ready to receive me up into his intimacy and his goodness once again. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I mentioned I was, one of the keys was I was feeling more irritable than normal. And, you know, irritability and intimacy can't co-mingle. They can't coexist. And uh and they're like oil and water. They they can't they can't co-mingle, but it doesn't mean they can't be in the same cup. They just they just can't they can't integrate in that place. One is eventually going to displace the other. That doesn't mean that you're not going to ever be in situations and moments and even like we are now maybe seasons that grate on you. You will be in 
places and moments that will try and make you irritable. But if you're in the intimacy of the Father, if you're in his arms and on his lap, then that intimacy is going to displace the irritability. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want to... I want to talk to you a really simple message tonight, to be honest. And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to share with you out of the, uh, the story of the prodigal son. And I know that we all have heard this story, most of us watching, maybe some of you watching. This will be a first time, and that's a beautiful thing if it is. But I want to just make a point, and I love this statement that sometimes it's the simplicity of the gospel that is its biggest stumbling block. You know, and, and even though most of us watching have heard this, this story taught left, right, and center, and there's so much in here, but I, wanna, I just want to challenge us not to tune out. Not to say, oh, I've heard this before, because I believe God's breathing something fresh right now. And there's an invitation tonight that is fresh, it's new, and it's alive right now. Because his word isn't stagnant, it's living, and it's active. Thank you, Father. The simplicity of the gospel. Uh, The story of the prodigal son is in Luke Chapter 15, if you have a Bible, I want you just to open your Bible to to Luke 15. This one is worth reading along. In Luke 15, the story starts in verse 11. And just hang with me. I'm going to read a a little bit more more passages than normal, more verses, uh, but it's worth it. So let's read this together in Luke 15, starting in verse 11. Then he said, this is Jesus speaking, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, There arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he had come to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And then the son said, and that's key, then the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And for this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. 
powerful, powerful um, parable here that Jesus teaches. And I just want to I want to highlight this. Jesus teaches in parables not to hide revelation from us, but to unpack it for us. One, he wants to make it practical and speak in a language especially the hearers at the time could relate to and understand. God is actually being relatable in sharing these parables. But there's also something in parables that by the beauty of the Holy Spirit, God has hidden mysteries that continue to unfold as we dive in deeper and we read and we read and we read. You can't just read it once. He's inviting you in to his open arms. And he will always take you deeper and deeper, both into intimacy and into revelation and understanding. There are so many amazing teachings that I've heard out of this parable. And one of my, uh, one of my favorite messages that I will share out of this sometimes is that the older brother, who, who just after this in the story, the, the prodigal comes home and the father throws him a party, but the story goes on to say that the brother was upset. And he, and he says, he says, why are you doing this, Father? I've been here all this time. You've never thrown me a party. I'm paraphrasing. But the father responds, and he says, oh, my son, you've been with me always, and all that I have is yours. And notice that the prodigal son left because he wanted to live free. He wanted to party and live in excess, and he, but he went out of the covering of the father. But when he came back and was restored to the father, what did he receive? He received party and celebration and dancing and wine. And he received the excess, but in the holiness, <laughs> he received what he was looking for. Now, the, son, the older brother who had been there toiling and working the whole time, he says, wait a minute. This one went and spent all your inheritance. He threw it away. And he comes back, and you gave him a party. You've never given me a party. And can you hear the father's heart breaking? He says, oh, but my son, you've been here the whole time. And all that I have is yours. What's he saying? He's saying, you could have asked for a party at any moment you wanted. All this belongs to you. You could have said, let's have a party this weekend. And I would have killed the fatted calf for you and called all the neighbors and kicked up the music and let the wine flow. Your father is inviting you not just to come into his feet, but to come into his arms. And he's got more for you, readily available for you right now than you even know, than you even realize, and maybe even you have boldness to ask for. But it's time to ask, because he's saying, all that I have is yours. But what I want to actually camp on tonight is the fact that the Father's arms are still open. Now, the son in the parable said to himself, I'm going to when he came to himself, he had a revelation. It was like he woke up. He said, I'm going to go return to my father and say to him, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Receive me as a servant. Now, this was internal. Recognize that he had a, a change of heart, but it was internal. This was a thought process, but when he returns to the father, it says that the father saw him a, a long way off and came running and threw his arms around him listen the father's love was extended to him before he even verbalized the repentance was in his heart he didn't even get a chance to get it out the father what i'm what what i'm trying to communicate 
is that the father wasn't standing on the porch waiting to see if the son was going to openly repent and confess and then love him. No, repentance was there. And that's, and that's paramount. Repentance is to, to change our perspective, to do it about face and return to holiness, return to the Father. That's paramount. But listen, the Father wasn't there with crossed arms going, are you going to repent in an adequate way that makes me happy? No, his love was extended before a single word was spoken. The reality is, is that the Father... Get this, the father was ready to receive the son before the son was ready to be received. Because he came back saying, maybe he would just take me in as a servant. He came back prepared to grovel and prepared to beg, meaning the son wasn't even ready to be received, but the father didn't even wait to hear the son's reasoning. He instantly received him as the son that he always was. The, the son went, it's the story of the prodigal son. He went and he wasted all with prodigal living. I want us to dive into that for a second. What is, what is prodigal living? Well, on the surface, it means wasteful. And obviously, he lost it all and ended up with the pigs. But when we scratch a little deeper in the Greek, in the Greek, prodigal literally is as ostos, which is an exaggerated version of the original word, which is a conjunction of two words. It's, it's a, or it's, it's an opposing of the word, and the word is sozo. So it's actually unsozo. And sozo means to be saved, healed, or delivered. And so it actually means that he wasted all with extreme unsaved living. He came out from under the Father. What do we know about the Son? What does the story actually tell us? And I, as I go through some of this stuff, I want, to, I want to ask you, can you relate to anything in here? Either, either in your current circumstance or in your past, maybe, that you're not even living that way anymore, but it's still causing you, it's causing hesitation from you to jump into his arms. Maybe you've come back to the porch, maybe you've come to his feet, but maybe you haven't come all the way into his arms. I want us to look at, at some of these things right there. This extreme, and again, it the, the word tense is the only place that it is used uh, in the Bible there, and it's extreme. It's like an exclamation mark after unsaved living. It's exaggerated. He went out and he partied, exaggerated. <clears throat> what do we know? We know that the son did not honor his father and his mother. We know he was greedy. We know that he was unwise and a bad steward, wasting his inheritance. We know that he joined himself to ungodly people. We know he did not just live among the unclean, but he groveled in it as pigs were considered unclean animals. We also know by the statement of the older brother that he solicited prostitutes. That's a pretty bad lifestyle. What can we also perceive from what is said in the story? We can perceive this, that he was guilty of excessive drinking and addiction. 
It says that he, that he wasted all. And in the Young's literal translation, verse 13 says this, And not many days after, having gathered all together, the younger son went abroad to a far country, and there he scattered his substance, living riotously. That we've all been given treasures in earthen vessels. We all have these, the, these seeds that God has given us. And he went and he scattered these seeds, a little here and a little there. It didn't all happen just at one moment. It wasn't one bad decision. It was multiplied over again, again, a little at a time. But he scattered his seed until he had nothing left. But how many people know that if you spend all that you have on drinking and prostitutes to the point that you're living with the pigs, eating the pig food, that could clearly be called addiction. So he had a pretty rough life going on. And this is the place that he returns from, and he comes back to the father, and the father doesn't meet him with arms crossed. The father doesn't meet him with a scowl. The father doesn't meet him with a downcast gaze. The father doesn't even say, I want to hear what you have to say. The father doesn't say, explain yourself to me. The father doesn't even say, repent and let me see if your repentance is strong enough for me to be moved to forgiveness. No, the father didn't hear a single word and he fell upon his neck, ran to him and fell upon his neck with arms wide open. Despite this expansive list of sins, dishonor, and debauchery, the Father's arms remained wide open. Listen, I think some people need to hear that point again. Despite this list of sins, dishonor, and debauchery, the Father's arms remained wide open. He didn't get back and have to convince the Father. It wasn't the arms crossed and then... I hear what you're saying. Okay, you sound like you're genuinely sorry. Okay, you have a plan to make it right. Okay, you're going to work off your debt. Okay, great. I'm now opening my arms to receive you. No, none of that was said. The, the reality is, is the father never closed his arms. They were wide open the whole time. Can... Can you find yourself, can we find ourselves anywhere in this list? Let's run through some of this again. He didn't honor his father and mother the way he should, but the father's arms remained wide open. He was guilty of greed and gluttony, but the father's arms remained wide open. He was a bad steward and blew all of his money And the father's arms remained wide open. He ran from God and committed idolatry, but the father's arms remained wide open. He suffered from addiction and committed sexual sin, but the father's arms remained wide open. Whatever you are going through, Whatever season you feel like you're in, and remember, part of this story is that a famine fell upon the land, and we are in 
we were in not a food famine, but we are definitely in a, in a famine of sorts, a season of unrest, a season of uncertainty. But the Father's arms remain wide open. Listen, God isn't calling you just to come to his feet. The, the intimacy with God changes everything. It, 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 it undoes it doesn't just undo, it rewrites our past. <laughs> it, it rewrites our past. It gives us a new future. That he changes us, transforms, empowers us. The love of God changes everything. We're, he's calling us, he's calling you right now to come and jump into his arms like never before. And what he's speaking to you right now is to leave your whatabouts behind. Because the son came with a whole bunch of whatabouts. He came thinking, I'm gonna, I'm, I might be stoned at the edge of the property. He didn't even know if he would get in the gate, let alone to the porch, let alone to his father's feet. And he sure didn't believe he was going to end up in his arms. But it wasn't a process, and it wasn't trials. The father ran to him. And through those open arms around him, he's inviting you. He's inviting you tonight. He's inviting you right now to come and jump in his open arms. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. His arms are open. It doesn't matter anything that you've done in the past. His arms are wide open. Yes, it says that he came to himself, the son, came to himself. He had an epiphany. He had an awakening. He had a repentance in the heart. Yes, there's a change of heart, but as soon as there's that change of heart and you turn your direction back to the Father, his arms aren't crossed. He's flying your direction. Robes, robes flapping in the wind, flying your direction with arms wide open to embrace you and pull you into that intimacy that changes everything. Listen, it might just be irritability that you're dealing with. Like, like I found myself recently going, why is this happening? Maybe it's something more. Maybe it's something from your past that hasn't fully, you haven't fully allowed yourself to let go so you can jump in your arms. He doesn't need an explanation. He just needs that change of heart and that attention, his direction. He doesn't need an explanation. And listen, I feel like I might be talking to some people tonight that you've, you've never known the love of the Father. And you've never, you've never knew that there was an opportunity to jump into his arms. You never knew that your sins could be washed away as though that they never have been covered in his blood. But I'm, I'm especially talking to you tonight. Listen, you, there's every, everything is in this list. He's done it all. Sexual sin, addiction, uh, uh, unworthiness, dishonor, you name it. He's done it all, and the Father never closed his arms, and he's not closing his arms on you. They're wide open. In a moment, we're going to have the team come back up, and, and I believe the Father, as you come and jump in his arms, he's going to pour his love on you like never before. I just want to share two more thoughts before we do that. And I had, um, the team can start coming when, when you're ready. I had um, 
I had an encounter with the love of God <clears throat> several years ago, several, several years ago, and I had just returned from a missions trip in, in Mexico. And uh, on that trip, we saw God do several amazing things. One standout moment was that there, a, a meeting we were doing, a mom brought a five-year-old boy into the meeting, carrying the boy. He was listless in her arms and carried him in and pulled up his shirt. And he had, he had a tumor on this part of his stomach that was uh, half, half the size of a, 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 a small Nerf football. And we, we began to pray for, for, we begin to pray for this boy, and we prayed the first time, and it shrank to half. And then we prayed again, and it shrank to the size of a quarter. And we prayed again, and it shrunk to the size of a pea. And as we prayed the last time, it disappeared completely. And on it disappearing completely, this boy that had to be carried across his mother's arms, listless, into the meeting, this boy jumps up from his seat and looks at his mom and goes, Mom, I feel great. Can I go outside and play? And he runs out of the building to go outside and play with the other kids. Like, that is a miracle of miracles. It blew my mind. And we saw so many other things. A lady uh, walked into a, a building. We were doing a meeting. I was, up, I was up ministering on the stage. And she came in late, walked in the door, and just through the love of God. Call it a, a word of knowledge, sure, but it's really just his love on display for people. She walked in, and I don't know how I knew, but I just knew that I knew. I said, you have, you have breast cancer. I said, God healed you as soon as you stepped in the door. Step back outside the door, check it, and come back in and let us know. She comes back in 30 seconds later weeping because a large tumor in her breast was gone. But here's the thing, and many other things happen. Here's the thing, I got home from this this trip and I was undone and I was undone I was undone and I said to God I said you know I was I was a young man and I'd been saved you know a handful of years but not an excessively long time but I had this moment with God I said God how is it how is it that you've allowed me to experience all these things? Because this trip wasn't, wasn't the first of its kind. It, by that point, I'd seen God do so many things. Cancer had healed and deaf ears open and tumors disappeared. You, you name it, I'd seen so much. But I was confounded because it was just me. And I know me. And I know my history. And I didn't, and I didn't grow up in the church. I looked... I looked more like the prodigal son than anything you'd see in church. I didn't grow up in church. I was out there amongst the ungodly. I was out there in the debauchery. I was out there sowing those seeds in all the wrong places. But at one moment, I realized that there was a loving Heavenly Father that had His arms wide open for me. And I believe that there's some people watching right now and you're realizing, because the Spirit of God is drawing you. He's pricking your heart. He's already, he's already spoken to you. I can feel it. But there's some people watching, you're realizing this is your moment. That you realize that there's a loving Father with His arms wide open. But back to the story, I said, God, how is it that I've experienced all this? You know my history. You know my story. And I know that you say your blood washes it away. I, I get that in my head. But still, how is it 
that I, you've allowed me to experience all this. And God spoke very clearly. He responded very clearly to me, and he said this. He said, you've, you've experienced all this because you've done a good job at letting me love you. It blew me away. Even to this day when I say it, as it comes out of my mouth, some part of my brain still tries to turn it around because it feels like it, the statement should have been because you've done a good job loving me. For me, loving God feels like what he should have said. It's not what he said. He said, you've experienced all this because you've done a good job at letting me love you. Listen, the Father is saying, to you right now that all that I have is yours. And it doesn't matter. Maybe you grow up a pastor's kid. Or maybe you've been out amongst the ungodly. Listen, the story is the same. All that he has is yours. All that he has, it's available. His arms are wide open. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to respond Right now, in this moment, the Spirit of God is drawing you. And listen, like me, I'm walking with God, but I realized that I was dry. I wasn't, I wasn't in the place of intimacy that he was calling me to be in. If that's you, I want you to come, and I want you to step into the Father's arms right now. More fully, more completely, just just do a good job of letting him love you right now. But really who I want to talk to is if you have never known that there was a good father that had open arms for you. If you've never received what Jesus has done for you on the cross, that I'm speaking to you specifically right now. And you know because that tug in your heart, you could feel it, that prick right now. He's inviting you to come and to step in his arms. And if that's you, I want you to do something. Wherever you are, I don't know where you're watching this from. Maybe you're in your living room. Maybe you're somewhere you can stand up. And if you can, I want you to stand up. Or maybe to, he's calling you to get on your knees. But if you're not somewhere that you can do that, just put your hand on your heart. But I want you to pray this with me because the son had repentance in his heart. And he, he said to himself, I'm going to come to the father and tell him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. And I'm not worthy to be your son. Now the father didn't accept that position. He called him. But that repentance in the heart is key. So I want you just to say this with me. I want you to say, Jesus, I thank you that I can only love you because you first loved me. And Jesus, I receive the price that you paid for me, what you did on the cross for me, that you created access for me to come running and to jump into the loving arms of my heavenly Father. I say yes to your grace. I say yes to your mercy. I thank you for forgiving me already, for forgiving me of my sins. And I receive you as my Savior and my King. And I choose right now 
to jump into the loving arms of my heavenly Father. Listen, if that's you, I want you to, I want you to do something. In the next few minutes, I want you just to put a comment. I want you to put a comment in the, in the comment box. Just let us know. If you're jumping in the arms of the Father, just say, I'm re-jumping in. If God's just doing something fresh in you. But if you're jumping for the first time, I want you to put a comment. Let us know, I'm jumping into his arms for the first time, and we will know that you're someone that we specifically as a team will be praying for. And there'll be information at the end where you can reach out to get in touch with us to get more support and resources. But come on, his arms are open. Everyone watching, wherever you are, if you're able, let's stand up and let's worship Jesus just for a moment longer and let him wrap his arms around us. And let's just do a good job at letting him love us tonight. Can we do that together? Come on, let's just worship Jesus together. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.